All right, I'm in. We ready? I'm I'm ready whenever. Let's clap in. <laughs> three, two, one, clap that shit. <laughs> one, two, three. One, two, three. Welcome back to D Plus Students. I'm Dakota. I'm Andy. I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. It is somehow already all the way through the summer, and we're supposed to be seeing people go back to school. And I got a pumpkin spice latte. It's it's officially the time. Do you really? Right. I only. I think. I think I only know the seasons when Starbucks does something weird because the internet always explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I used to know it was summer because they had the waffle cone and now it's pumpkin time. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, which if you do decide to go out and get a PSL, um, the pandemic isn't over just because you're over it <laughs> um, and you should wear a mask. So. Yes, please. For the love of God. Again, I'm in Florida. The world is doomed. Please be nice to me. Wear a mask. That's um anyway uh so d plus students so this this uh <laughs> it's been a minute since we've all been together uh, <laughs> so this episode that we're doing is quince which i'm pretty excited about it's not usually for me one that i think of when i think of decoms uh but it is one that i do remember so i'm gonna go ahead and say that i have seen this one so I am not going to talk about what I think it's about. Anyone else seen it? I've seen it, so I'm I'm towards the end as well. I have seen it as well. Oh so my god! All okay. right. This is this is one of my favorite movies, guys. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I have a giant Quince poster on my wall. <laughs> well, tell us about that poster, Aaron. What does it look like? Why do you have babies uh-huh. on your wall? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know my life. Um, <laughs> The poster says, um, as if 14 isn't twisted enough, uh, Jamie as wanted... As if life at 14 isn't twisted enough. What'd I say? <laughs> I don't know. You left out life. We don't care about their life. We just care about the number 14. <laughs> <laughs> Take two. As if life at 14 isn't twisted enough... Jamie wanted a little space. What she got was five brothers and sisters starring. And then the poster's real blurry because it's. uh, It's Kimberly Kimberly J. Brown. Brown. The same girl from Halloween Town. What a fave. Good for her. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, she's back. So as the only person that hasn't seen this movie, I mean, this poster's fairly revealing. But what do you think it's about? (laughs) Babies babies possibly yeah possibly good it's like babies day out but then they decided that there should be five of them <laughs> yes so babies day out for our listeners that um that aren't familiar with that which i always get three men and a little lady and babies day out confused but the baby's I don't just think like it's three men and a little lady there, that's is the sequel oh there's, yeah okay three, three men, men and, a, and baby. a baby and then three men and a little lady yeah <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So I get three men and a baby and uh, and baby's day out kind of confused. But 
the baby is just, can you explain it, Aaron, what that is? There's a little baby and it's running amok around town and the person who is trying to uh, catch the baby is is running into all kind of mischief that this baby is creating for them. So it's home alone with a baby? Um, It's more like the baby is like exploring New York City and uh, people so are like just George fine the with Jungle this baby with the baby? Walking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got George it. of the Jungle with a baby is a perfect way to describe <laughs> baby's day out. <laughs> we just watched George of the Jungle the other day. Nice. That's <laughs> a good one. It's a good one. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you think that it's that with five babies. Yeah. So the poster has Quince um, and the, the cue is uh, Pacifier and it's got Kimber- Kimberly J. Brown right in the center. Um, kind of with like a twister wind effect going around her to see... Her parents um, and five babies all all floating around, and then there's the Disney Channel original movie logo at the bottom. But that's the poster. Obviously, it's got a fairly revealing not just one but two taglines. Yeah, I mean, lately we've been seeing some. I think I think the last one that we did didn't even have a tagline. So mm-hmm. yeah, and this one's got two. So apparently, their tagline budget was eaten up by Quinn. They were saving all those taglines for Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were. Got to keep it balanced. You know, now we've got five babies. We need at least two taglines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you, Aaron, you, you think that this is about five babies that run amok, <laughs> and that's it. That's what you think it's about. Yep. Locking okay. it in. I dig it. Okay, any, anyone have anything else they want to say about this one? Well, the three of us otherwise have all, all seen it, right? Do we remember it for the most part? I don't really remember it, no. I mean, I remember bits and pieces. I remember it being very funny. Like, I thought that this movie was very entertaining to me. Um, Like, I remember that feeling. And I remember, because I'm an only child, and I remember being like, absolutely not. I cannot imagine being 14 and then all of a sudden having five other siblings. Although my mom always told me that she wished that she had been able to have another child and that she... There are times where she's like, I sure do wish that I had one in like sixth grade right about now. She told me this when I was in college and I was like, sixth grade, that's like, I don't know, like what, 11? And I'm like, I'm like 20. You you wanted to wait like that (laughs) long? Like nine (laughs) years? And now as an adult or more, more approaching like having a baby age. Nine years between kids, like, you've forgotten everything, I feel like. And then also, you've gotten rid of all your baby stuff, or it's out of date. Like, I can't imagine that. Anyway, that's that's what I have to say about that. Absolutely not. Well, clearly, if her life at 14, she's she's at a 14-year gap. Um, Right. So that's, oof. Yeah, I've I've got a younger sibling. Uh, We are four years apart, and... Even that feels like a lot. I know a lot of adults, like I've got friends from all ages. And when I talk about my sister, I always feel like there's a huge gulf between us, even though I've got friends that I talk to that are 10 years younger and older. And I'm like, oh, it's so big. And I'm like, "Eh." it is because you're growing up with them. Like four years felt like a lot when I was younger. But can you imagine Mm -hmm. like 14, I was like on dance line. I'm starting to think about getting a car. My parents are, are saving for a car saving to figure out if they can help me with college and whatnot. And then all of a sudden you have to go out and buy strollers and formula and diapers. Again. Like I, my brain will not comprehend yeah. because you will have, you will have gotten rid of all of that stuff, right? Like you would have given all of that or yard sailed it away because you were, unless you were trying, which I can't exactly remember 
the way in which they have five additional babies. But, mm-hmm. um, but it. I mean, clearly uh, she wishes them into existence. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. I like that. I mean, she has something to do with it, judging by the poster. <laughs> what Kimberly if Kimberly J. Brown a... has that very like whoopsie kind of like <laughs> thing, and like that's kind of her personality to me. So, mm-hmm. what if this is a spinoff of Halloween Town? <laughs> and she actually did a magic spell and got five babies out of it. So this is the secret fourth movie, not the actual fourth movie, because that one doesn't exist. Yeah, we don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> We've never heard of her. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, Chris, do you have any memories or expectations of this movie? Dakota remembers it being funny and feel, feeling being... the, the baby shenanigans. Yeah, I remember it being funny, too. This is one that was... I feel like they played this often on Disney Channel. I remember it being on pretty frequently in my house. So I've seen it a bunch of times. I couldn't say I remember exactly what the plot is other than, you know, five babies and a (laughs) 14-year-old. But um, (laughs) I do remember liking it. Um, I'm scared that it might end up being an LA Cat Strike thing with me. Again, of me being like, yeah, this movie was amazing. I loved it when I was younger. And now I'm like, it was just all right. (laughs) But I can't imagine Queen Kimberly putting out a bad movie. So That's fair. She's perfect. We do love her. Um, As for me, I'm going to, I kind of have the opposite feeling in that, or opposite memories in that I think I've, I know I've seen it at least once, maybe twice, but I honestly don't remember enjoying it that much. I thought it was awkward, I think, and I don't think I liked the humor, but maybe uh, if I watch it again, I'll really enjoy it. So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, when I watch it, I'll be really excited. Okay, so we're feeling, we're feeling hopeful. We're feeling uh, excited to laugh. Yeah, I think this is a good, a good feeling. How are you feeling about it, Aaron? I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you, you sound it. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I, I mean... I've heard a lot of things about it. It's been hyped up a lot, much in the alley cat strike. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited. But who here's to hyping it up? The... Because I don't think any of us are hyping it you up. You for days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. How did you How did you feel about Halloween Town? How did you like him really in Halloween Town, Aaron? Which one was she in Halloween Town? The main she character. Was... She's like yeah. she was like oh eleven. Marnie. Or... Marnie. She was like thirteen. Marnie. Marnie. Um, Aaron, you can't tell. <laughs> I mean, apparently, I'd see this poster every night before bed, so <laughs> <laughs> I should be able to. But you know, <laughs> at my age, my memory. <laughs> um, no, it. Uh, I liked Halloween Town. It wasn't my favorite because I feel like it was the nostalgia worked in reverse Mm -hmm. i remembered it being very good as a kid and then when i watched it i was like there's not a lot to this um but i she was good cute Cute. Cute. all righty right so uh it sounds like cautiously optimistic for all of us and hopefully we like it yeah cautiously Mm -hmm. optimistic that's what my mom used to say about aaron (laughs) (laughs) oh Okay, guys, so we're going to go watch Quince, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. See you soon. Bye. Bye.
Hey guys, it's Andy again, as usual, popping in to say thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of D Plus Students as we go over Quince. Want to give a shout out to our friend Mike Rogers for the creation and use of our theme song, as well as our friend Rue for our artwork. Rue can be found on Instagram at the handle at rootbeer, that's R-U-E-T-B-E-E-R. If you can, I totally recommend checking them out. They've got a ton of cool resin stuff happening right now. And as has become the norm, I do want to give out a quick, like, positive PSA, maybe. I know a lot of places are um, loosening their restrictions, and I just want to say, please stay safe. Uh, The pandemic is not over, and take care of you uh, mentally and physically, please. Also, we do try to stay as non-political as possible on this show. doesn't always happen, but we try. And I just want to remind you that if you're in the States and over the age of 18, please make sure you're registered and then vote. That is coming up very shortly. It is already almost October, and then we're a month away from our elections. So please do that if you can. The song you're about to hear is called Soda Pop by Britney Spears off her very first album, which I had and I think... I'm, I'm sure everybody had. It's a great one. But Chris actually points it out in the second half that he, he heard it right away and was very excited. So without further ado, I'm going to let you get back to the episode. Thanks. All right, guys, we're back for the second half of Quince, where we're going to review it and then rate the movie. (laughs) Um, So, uh, Andy, you want to kind of tag team a synopsis here? Sure. I'm going to do my best. Um, As we like to say, peek behind the curtain. We watched this movie a hot minute ago, so (laughs) bear with us. Okay. It's Um, quarantine. All the days are running together. It's so hard. Uh, One day day we'll get it together ourselves. I got dressed today. I'm very proud. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. It didn't happen for me. We stained a deck today. Whoa. Adult things. It was an adulty thing. Yeah. I'm very proud of you. I cleaned my apartment. Oh, good. Also adulty. <laughs> killing it. Killing the game. I know. All right. So. Okay. And not re- not adulting. We're going back to Quince, which follows <laughs> a 14-year-old Jamie Grover, played by Kimberly J. Brown, our favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and it follows her. She's also the narrator of this movie, so it goes in, like, quick bursts. But basically, she is an only child to very caring but kind of helicoptery parents, who uh, want her to succeed scholastically, so they put a bunch of pressure on her to like win science fairs and get into this fancy magnet school. And it's something that she's not super interested in, but she doesn't know how to turn it down without seeing ungrateful to her parents, who they have a great relationship with. So she's seen often with her two friends. I think their names are, hold on, IMBD to the rescue. 
I know who they are in real <laughs> <Yeah>. life. <laughs> Brad and Zoe, or Zoe. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Those are her two best school friends. And she's constantly talking to them about how she wishes that her parents would like stop zoning in on her so much or zeroing in on her so much. But she's not sure what else to do. She's not, like I said, she's not a great student. And Brad is a super genius and Zoe is an artist. So that's where her like two friends lie. So Brad, uh, you might recognize, uh, he's from Degrassi. And it was very interesting, like, watching him in this movie because he's so young and such a baby. <laughs> and I was, like, very attracted to who he plays on Degrassi, so it was very <laughs> uncomfortable for me. Um, and then the uh, – which he plays Craig, um, in case anyone was interested. Um, and then the <laughs> – the I mean I was always a Spinner fan, but I also like Craig. Anyway, I digress. So, um, and then the girl we might recognize, uh, Zoe, is um, color of friendship. Yeah, color of friendship. Piper. Yes. Yes. So it was. I felt like uh, just just my opinion here, jumping in. Like I I was kind of disappointed in this character. I mean, it's not that the friend was bad. It was just she was just playing the friend, you know, and she had just done the lead, and I thought that she was really good as a lead, and so it was just kind of like, eh, disappointing. Yeah, it was it was a little mm-hmm. step backward. Yeah. But yeah, so those are her friends. Those are her, her, her school chums, and like I said, she's constantly talking about how she wishes that her parents didn't put her under so much pressure. And then, of course, she says, you know, be careful what you wish for, because she comes home uh, to the news that her parents are breaking to her that they are very pregnant. And by very, I mean five babies. They are quince, quintuplets. <gasps> so then it goes through, like, a whole montage of her still trying to, and I think, her, let's see, her mother runs a newspaper, and her father works as a, uh, a server at a retail store, um, who is... Also trying to uh, move up the ranks at his job by going back to college uh, while working full time. So their parents already have a lot on their plate, which is why they put so much scholastic goals onto Jamie. But they do like this whole fun montage where Jamie helps them get a nursery ready. And the babies come pretty quickly after the news because the movie is about the babies or life with the babies. So what I thought was very cute was the babies' names are Adam Becky, Charlie, Debbie, and Eddie. So A, B, C, D, E. And then it follows how they're a uh, middle-class family, still doing well, but suddenly they have six or five other mouths to feed and five other college tuitions to deal with. So they feel like they're drowning financially. Um, And as well as their lives are upended, you know, everybody's busy all the time. Everybody has a full-time job or is a full-time student. And that just won't track anymore. So they have to hire a full-time nanny named Fiona. Again, A, B, C, D, E, now F. I liked this trend. I thought it was really cute. (laughs) Yes. And Fiona is like super nanny. She's very intense. She's Scottish or something. I'm really bad at accents. I apologize. She Um, had a cool accent. Yeah, Mm. she had a a very, uh, or overdone accent or something. It was very fun, but she was uh, like a drill sergeant. She kept saying she wanted to treat the babies as a unit. They had to do everything together. They had to poop, sleep, burp, eat all at the same time so that they were easier to handle. So you didn't have to deal with five individual babies. And after a hot minute, 
Fiona is like, no, I'm sorry. I've tried and I can't do it. And she pieces out. And right when the family thinks that they're going to um, fall back under to where they were, you know, not having any free time, not having any spare money, because with Fiona there, the parents are able to pick up extra extra hours at work and whatnot. Then comes along Albert, who is a kind of, I don't even know what he is. Is he a, an advertising guy or something? He's like an agent, an but agent, for the, yes. the children. Yes, he, he comes up uh, out of nowhere with a literal truckload of diapers and says that he's here to manage the babies yes manager thank you or agent uh aaron because they are a news uh news sensation they are the only quints to be born in chicago where are they they said it but i don't remember whatever state they're in they're the only quints to have been born so they are little little news spotlights and they can make some serious money off them. Again, this was filmed in 2000, so we, there were real lives shows like this. So they wanted to uh, monetize the fact that the twins or the the quints just exist. So diaper mm. deals, uh, baby food, photo shoots, you know, anything like that. Albert is going to cover it, and it's going to give the family money as well as free time. While all this is happening. Uh, Jamie kind of leaves the picture. She's like, okay, well, now the spotlight's off me. I can do whatever I want. And she starts to take advantage of this fact by um, stopping doing all the extra scholastic work that she wasn't really into and joining art club with Zoe and kind of finding a passion there. But she's afraid to tell her parents because, again, they have high expectations. So she uses their... um, overwhelmness <laughs> their, yeah. their, their new busy lives to kind of like sprinkle in details about herself you know you know when you're a kid and you do that you wait till your parents are distracted to give them bad news she does this all over the place um while living her best life and albert kind of pushes jamie out of the picture being like the news needs to focus on the babies not you it's not a big deal but if it bothers you let me know and he gives off like a very sleazy vibe oh he's the worst Right. And Jamie's fine with that until she isn't. She starts succeeding in art club and uh, her teacher is very supportive and tells her she's got a real knack for it. And she actually finds that she is drawing the babies all the time because that's what her life is filled with. And she also realizes that with first Fiona and now Albert, the, everybody kind of sees the babies as a unit and doesn't see their individuality. So she starts pulling like small minor pranks on the parents to kind of like get them out of their unit headset by like putting the babies in the wrong cradle and being like, can you tell them apart? Can you put them back where they belong? This one has dimples. This one's quiet. Like, do you know your children essentially? And she gets the message of cross and they realize that they not were being bad parents, but they had lost sight of the individual child. And all this kind of boils down when Adam, the firstborn, gets ill and scares everybody. You know, when a baby is sick in the family, everybody panics for they're helpless and can't do anything and everybody's very upset. Except for Albert, who just starts freaking about the baby's schedule. And maybe they can replace Adam for a little bit. You know, get a get a spare baby in there and no one <laughs> will know the difference for, like, campaigns and stuff. And the parents are rightfully very upset at that idea that they would replace one of their children for the sake of a photo shoot. And they fire Albert on the spot. And the mom kind of takes up being their manager and slows down their workload a ton because she realizes they're not 
you know, little stars. They are her children and they need to be treated as babies as well as individual babies. And Jamie's art does so well that her teacher actually submits it as like one of the spotlight uh, pieces or spotlight artists in an upcoming school show that people are going to see her work and really she's going to start getting recognition. And her parents, when they find that out, are super duper proud of her. They don't do anything that she was afraid of, meaning like she didn't think that they would approve of art because they're all about the math and sciences. But they're just like, we wanted you to be happy. So if you found your happiness in art, that is fine with us. And they full on support her and they're going to come to the show. But they realize that, or Jamie realizes that there is a big event for the governor that the parents are being honored as parents of the year and it falls on the same night as their art show and the parents completely forget the art show it just goes over their head because they are so overjoyed with the fact that they are going to be parents of the year so jamie freaks out um as tired of being ignored and you know not listened to and not cared about that she runs to the school and starts destroying her art because she doesn't care if her parents aren't going to see it then it's worthless to her now but her friends and her teacher stop her and they just kind of tell her to speak to her parents again and hopefully they'll figure it out and she's like no I don't want to rain on their parade they deserve it they've been very busy they can go to the the governor's thing and I'll stay home and watch the kids so I won't even go to the art show and it'll be fine the parents go to the governor's uh party and then they realize that the quints were also supposed to be there as like, again, a, a photo op for, for the governor <laughs> and everybody else. Um, and they are not so much being honored as they are the carriers of the children. Jamie realizes this after they've already left. So her and her two friends, as well as the art teacher, who is the ride, because again, they're all 14, <laughs> um, decide that they're going to drive to the governor's ball and deliver the kids so that parents can save face. And this is also mostly before the time of cell phones. So there was no way to warn anybody that this was happening. Um, the parents... Call, the governor tries to get somebody to pick up the kids, but the kids are already gone because they're en route. And, you know, lots of things happen en route where plane, trains, and automobiles, the, the car gets a flat or the engine doesn't work or something. And then they have to get on a bus and then they like, go on a subway or something where they are uh, met with large biker men. Um, <laughs> which is really funny because then biker men show up at the governor's carrying these five babies because they're big fans and it's adorable. <laughs> um, and the night is saved and Jamie decides to actually go to the art show and receive her honors um, now that she doesn't have to watch the kids. And the sh movie kind of ends with the parents realizing that the art show is at the same time and they actually show up to the art show at the last minute to see Jamie accept her honors along with the governor and whole entourage in tow um, because they say like if we're parents of the year we have to be there for all of our children you are you know amazing and we're so proud of you and Jamie kind of ends it with like again she's been narrating this whole time and she ends it with like a joke about how her parents are now except what is it expecting septuplets which is seven um so that would be a whole extra boatload of babies but she says it's a joke and then they kind of live happily ever after with their new normal family the end Woo! <laughs> that's a great explanation the only thing that i think that uh is is worth pointing out um is that at one point in time uh jamie does decide that she wants to try to talk to the parents about being an art club 
kind of before everything happens with the governor's mansion and everything like that. Um, and she says she starts to kind of talk about it and then that doesn't really happen. And then she says that she wants to be more involved and that they're all a family unit. So she does try to talk to them before yes. kind of the whole explosion. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ends up being a part of a commercial for this <laughs> diaper brand. And then they stick her in this huge diaper and she's just like a, she's, she a is diaper, a basically. Diaper. <laughs> she's a, right, a mascot. Um, she's wearing this bonnet, and like that was the number one thing that I remember about the movie. I feel like they probably like showed that as part of the the trailer. You know, the next decom Quince has this like right. Yeah, I I totally agree. I'm pretty sure that part was in the trailer. The close up of her in the bonnet, and she's like, I want a different part. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, yeah, so other other than that, I mean, just because that's a very funny and iconic, I think, moment. But then also, um, her outbursts were not out of nowhere, really. She she did try to to speak with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's that's that. That's the synopsis there. I have a lot of thoughts and opinions. <laughs> no one here is surprised by that. So who, who wants to go first? Chris? I, I'm sure. I can definitely go first. The <laughs> um, first thing I want to say is that we missed in the synopsis, too, is that a Britney Spears song played in this movie. It's called really? Soda Pop by Britney Spears from her Ooh. first album. Oh, I did definitely reference this. I did tell Aaron. I was like, oh, I love this song. And then I forgot all about that happening. Yeah, that's yes. some OG Britney right there. So Ooh, I, yes. I definitely popped for that. Got excited. <laughs> um but i want to mention the whole narration thing that she does jamie does throughout the whole thing throughout the whole movie she does i think aaron explained it as the clarissa explains it all yes where she will turn to the camera and talk to the camera uh but she also will do these little jokes in between where it's like this is our hometown and we're known for and they'll show like the statue of liberty and she's like oh guys i know you don't believe me there (laughs) I found that funny for like the first two times, and then I was like, "All right, guys." Yeah, I'm I'm getting. I'm like, yeah, it gets old really fast. (laughs) These are the worst. Like, she doesn't understand what a prank is. (laughs) 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 Yeah, like they have like a fire breather at her school, and she's like, "I know you didn't think that was real." (laughs) And you're like, "No, we didn't get on with the movie." (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) show us what's really happening here. (laughs) <laughs> I will say all the transitions, at least especially the school one, I thought were pretty cool because like she freezes in frame and then like steps out of the, the, the image and then like steps back into place. And mm-hmm. I know that, that that, you know, thing happens. I've seen it on TV before and I know that was a bigger thing, especially for like kids shows or TV media back in the day. But it was nice to see it again and see it done pretty well. I was kind of impressed. Yeah, for the time that this was made, they really that was kind of pretty pretty good for the time period that they were in. But I, I do agree that it it got old pretty quickly. Like some of them I appreciated more than others. Like when when she does finally tell her parents about the art show, there's a you know, a fake out where they're like, Are you kidding me? We don't care about art, we only care about math and science. And even though you've seen the entire time that they are very caring and involved parents, um, you know, when they're not distracted by five infants, uh, which is understandable. <laughs> that could have been a real life reaction to somebody you, somebody that wants to pursue art instead of a hard science. So the fact that she was like, no, my parents are way better than that. Don't worry about it. And then they go back to re- rehashing the scene where they're very proud of uh, Jamie's artwork. I thought that was kind of good. Like, 
Again, some were definitely better than others, but there was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like the last one, too, where you're like, oh, Septuplets. And then she's like, got you guys. But it did get old. The after most fertile humans. Could you even imagine having five babies and then no. all of a sudden, <laughs> gotcha. No. <laughs> I can't imagine having one child, so. <laughs> Aaron. Do you have thoughts? I am not crazy about this movie. It, uh, I mean, no, it, it was all right. It was certainly better than Stepsister from Planet Weird, <laughs> uh, but not yes. like by a lot. And I don't understand <laughs> why Dakota was talking up this movie so much that it was her favorite <laughs> and she couldn't wait for me to finally see it. I don't understand. Aaron has been messing with me all week, you guys. Because I, I guess I guess I might have hyped this one up a little too much because I was like, "Oh yeah, this is a good one." Because I was kind of tired of I don't know what was that movie called that I didn't know Ready to Run. Oh yeah, that one. Don't even know what that is. Still don't really. Anyway, y'all hate <laughs> on that movie a little. You hate on that movie a little too much. <laughs> Chris is upset. I love a good talking horse. <laughs> no, I'm I'm I'm, like, I'm ragging on Aaron and the, the movies now, but but Aaron has been teasing me all week about how Quince is my favorite Disney Channel original movie, and I am getting like visibly upset because like he knows that Brink is my favorite Disney Channel original movie, and how dare you? <laughs> question her loyalties like this i can feel the smoke coming out of your ears <laughs> anyway all right so real quick without looking it up uh what do you think the odds are of having quintuplets without um, oh lord like taking fertile ivf or something yeah okay so that so that was my question okay so and i, I kind of I, I have a couple of questions here number one she wished for her parents to not uh be like as involved however there was this wasn't a wish upon a star moment like it's not like we saw anything happen where she like the wish suddenly magically magically came true or anything like that right so Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden her parents were pregnant but like it wasn't like it was that big of a shock i don't think that the parents were pregnant it was that there were five babies so were they trying for one baby and did they end up with five or were they doing ivf because jamie's like 13 at this point so i don't know yeah, they made it seem like they weren't trying because, I mean, again, five babies is a big number and it will throw. Yeah. That's the other thing. The dad had a quote unquote, the plan for everything. And I don't think they ever mentioned the plan with a second child, let alone six extra children or five extra children. Hmm. I mean, yeah. accidents happen, y'all. They do. Again, <laughs> fertile humans. Yes. <laughs> so, Aaron, for Information Corner, do you happen to have those numbers? I do. Do have these numbers, so let's run it. What do you guys think? Uh, what are the odds of naturally having quints? Um, naturally having quints, uh, one percent. Oh, I was gonna say less than that. I was gonna say I'm, like point. I'm uh, gonna go for like one, one in what number? One in a hundred. One percent. One in. Let's see. I said zero zero two. That's no. That's, I don't know how to math. Let's say one in two million. <laughs> One in, in sixty every... million. Ah! That's what? One in sixty million. One in sixty million. Hey, what do you think your odds are of being uh, attacked by a shark? <laughs> <laughs> a lot higher than that. Yeah. One one in five million. One in one in eleven point five million. 
<laughs> wow. So you're six oh. times more likely to get attacked by a shark, roughly, than you are to have quince. Okay, but that's not fair because half the population's men. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you think your odds are of being struck by lightning? <laughs> one in 13 million. I like that one. Six million. Uh, it's actually one in one million. Oh, what? Ooh, I thought we were just that's going that's higher. High. Yeah. <laughs> Dakota what, uh, is now afraid. <laughs> what do you think your odds are of being randomly attacked by a bear? One in 12. Well, you seem to be going down, so <laughs> I think it's less than a million. One in 2.7 million. Oh, okay. Ah. What do you think the odds are of being killed by an exploding propane tank? <laughs> I, this is a specific one. <laughs> Not just explosion, exploding propane tank. I just saw something about this on TikTok where someone was was burning like a like a like burning trash in their yard, but he had a propane tank and there, there was Ooh. a guy who was inspecting the roof on the next house and he was like, "So if I die because I guarantee you this guy doesn't know if he has a gas leak or not." Like it's been fun. Anyway, what are those odds? <laughs> <laughs> one in 60,000. Uh Terrified. Ah. No, ma'am. What do you think your odds are of being killed by a meteor? Uh, (laughs) I'm concerned that you're likening having Quince to death to all the rest of these (laughs) results. I mean, I'm okay with with it. To be fair, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, One in ten billion people. Will be killed by a falling meteor. Wow. Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, I'm not so scared for that one. <laughs> Here's a less grim one. What do you think your odds are of becoming a professional football player if you're a high school athlete? Uh, I was going to be say for me, like one in a, <laughs> a trillion. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how, how many high school students versus being like drafted into the NFL. I don't know. What is it? Uh, so there's one million uh eighty three thousand six hundred and seventeen as of two thousand seventeen when I was able to find a chart for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh one in four thousand two hundred and thirty-three. What about women's basketball? Ooh. I don't know. Ooh. You're asking a lot of questions. One in thirteen thousand. Really? That's yeah. not that high. Just if you're curious, if you want to get into professional sports, go for men's hockey. One <laughs> in 600. Oh, dang. Oh. Good okay. to know. I said it's good to know as if that applies to me in any sort of way. <laughs> so slightly better than death, but don't be a high school athlete. Your odds are still not great. <laughs> well, I feel I feel like... They kind of go through them, right? Like the I don't feel like the shelf life on a <laughs> hockey player is very high. I mean, I tried to play hockey when I was younger, but I stopped because the helmet was too itchy. <laughs> so you can't mess up that glorious hair of yours, Chris. No, I need to be able to like throw it in the air. You do. <laughs> Got to fluff that bad boy. Oh yeah. I was really into <laughs> the idea of ice hockey, but also I grew up in Georgia where there is no ice. <laughs> And I can't skate. I don't have any kind of sense of balance. So, Aww. oh no, dreams you were guys dashed. Can go skating. <laughs> so, as regarding the movie, though, how do you feel about? Oh, I didn't like it. I don't like. Uh, 
What was her name? The the main girl. I keep wanting to call her Marnie. I don't need to. Jamie, right? Jamie. Jamie. She's like only slightly more relatable than Marnie, the witch. But um, no, she's, I don't know. She. I didn't get it. I feel like she was on the verge of being annoying. Her range of emotions just didn't seem real. That's fair. She was, she was ping-ponging a lot. I just feel like she was on like the verge of being annoying, but then I feel like she had good reason to be that way. So then I felt bad for feeling like she was annoying. <laughs> I want to see her in high school when she just like really breaks bad and tries to find her own identity. <laughs> <laughs> not the giant dancing diaper? No, absolutely not. <laughs> We're dealing with a real like preacher's kid kind of situation where she's just going to go <laughs> wild. <laughs> I feel like this is also what you wanted for Marnie. Did you say Marnie gets goes with bikers? What? It's possible. <laughs> Aaron, I think that your analysis of this is very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were to make this movie, Aaron, <laughs> what would it be like? Oh, dang. I mean, like, honestly, we talked a lot about Baby's Day Out and, like, trying to wrangle mm-hmm. the kids, and I really wanted that to be more of a thing. But having watched the movie, I'm thinking, like, five baby ninjas, right? <laughs> Like, uh. <laughs> there was a movie like that they were all what? um they were, I, I know but they were turtles and there was only four of them. <laughs> <laughs> no. no there was a movie that came out around the same time period and it was like these little movie these little babies they were like geniuses i was just gonna say are you thinking of baby geniuses because uh, that is yes. a movie <laughs> These genius babies from Baby Geniuses. <laughs> That's a pretty pretty accurate title name. <laughs> or so boss anyway, baby, um, you know. I mean, I will, I will say I think it's more likely that Jamie will join the biker gang than Marnie because now she has biker friends. She does have biker friends. <laughs> so you were kind of right again. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron is clairvoyant when it comes to huh? decades old Disney movies. <laughs> <laughs> I like this one. I don't love this one, mm-hmm. but I like this one. Um, I will tell you, we watched the first half of it one day and then the second half of it the next day. And the first half of it, I was like, oh my God, this movie's so long and I don't like it. I don't like all of the the cheesy asides to the, I mean, I, I like the first couple, just like what Chris said, but it just, it was getting old and she was get, being annoying. And I thought that just the whole interaction with her friends and kind of being like, you don't understand me. Whatever the guy's name was. I can't remember. Ben or whatever his name was. Brad. Brad. You, Brad. Okay. You don't understand me and blah, blah, blah. Brad's going through his own stuff. Okay. His parents mm-hmm. suck. So, like, Brad's parents never show up for anything. He's also got his own whatever. Sure, he's good at school. But why do you think he's good at school? He has lots of other things going on at home. And so, I just thought that she was very self-centered. But then again, she's 14. So, yeah. mm. I, you know, and I thought something that really annoyed me was that everyone seemed to be like begging her to get into art and everyone was like really encouraging of her. And that's not real life. I don't feel like, like it was kind of self-serving. Like she's sitting in art club because Zoe's in art club and now she doesn't have to go home every day and study. And then he's like, learn something, pick up your pencil, you know, explore something. And she's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And she's kind of making fun of it. And then she's 
like kind of in her own way and then she picks up a pencil and then she's like oh wow this is kind of fun and then the second someone tells her that she's good at something she latches onto that so is it even that she really likes art or is it that she just had some kind of like basic uh ability which i mean the the pictures are amazing and beautiful so obviously she had really great abilities but was it even that that she really enjoyed because two seconds ago she was making fun of it and I think I just think that's an interesting kind of perspective that it was the first thing that she latched on to. Uh, it's not like she didn't want to do math and science and then she already had all of these things that she wanted to do instead. You know, that, that uh, she loved theater or she loved art and she just like really wanted to do that and she was passionate about it. Like, it, I mean, I get that it's a kind of a coming of age and figuring out what you're passionate about, but it just felt kind of, it was kind of interesting how that kind of led into led into it because she was kind of very anti whatever her parents wanted to do but she didn't have anything for herself that she felt that she was really jazzed about the two most unrealistic parts of this movie is that all these kids are just hitching a ride with their art teacher in his big van <laughs> i'm sorry what <laughs> at least it wasn't a white van yeah right i was True. gonna say at least True. it looked like a van, not like yeah. Like my my old college had a a deal with the taxi service, like because it wasn't a party school, but like uh, we didn't have a real campus, so like you needed to take a taxi to go to the city if you were going to go out. And the deal with the taxi service was literally huge white vans that college students oh. would pile into every single night and it looked so stereotypically bad <laughs> that i thought it was hilarious like and again they they're just trying to make as much money off these college students as they can so like pile in until people didn't fit not seat belts everywhere people sat on milk crates in the trunk like it was literally have at it free for all and i had friends visit me and they're like are you is this okay and i'm like yeah it's it's not as bad as it looks. And then they'd get inside and be like, I have to sit on a milk crate. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's still okay. Don't worry about it. We'll get where we're going. <laughs> so this at least looked like a car that was, or a van that was, you know, run down that a teacher could possibly afford. <laughs> mm-hmm. It wasn't a candy truck, but yes. <laughs> yeah. But then we see it like broke down on the side of the road with like <laughs> steam billowing He's out of the teacher. hood like oh y- yes but the volkswagon <laughs> even the vans up until the 80s were air-cooled engines there's nothing in there that would produce steam <laughs> there's no- it's on Movie fire <laughs> get out of the car it is on fire if there is anything coming under from under the hood that is not a liquid it's obvious a student put a smoke bomb in there. This man has a four-year degree, maybe even a master's degree, and in the 2000s, he was making $30,000 a year. You give that man a break. Okay? <laughs> He's doing the best he can. He's doing the best he can. And then I wanted to circle back to what Dakota said about uh, Jamie's passion for art. And I kind of agree with you that it was slightly out of left field and that like definitely everybody around her was, was kind of pressuring her, or at least like nagging at her to try it. I didn't have as much of a problem about her in discovering it, though, because I think Mm -hmm. that is true that, like, you can have passion for things that you're not good at, but, like, being good at something certainly helps fuel a passion. And if she was, like you said, she didn't have any other passion. She wasn't passionate about math or science, but she wasn't looking to go against her parents' plans for her. So she wasn't filling up that space with anything else. So I agree that it is, like, kind of... You know, kind of, you know, a plot device that 
she's good at the first thing she tries and everybody praises her for it. But it's also like she didn't have anything else to try. So it was like, why not try the fr- the things that your your friends do, that the hobbies that they enjoy? Because it'll get you out of the house. It'll let you, you know, it's a, a scheduled play date more or less. And then, oh, I'm actually really good at this. So I can do this more often. And then, you know, sure. like mm-hmm. I said, with she mostly draws the baby. So that's where she's got her inspiration from. She's got a house full of babies. So it's like, eh, why not try this out? I'm bored. I've got five new faces to look at. By the middle and the end, I really definitely understood where the art thing was coming from and her passion for it, especially as she was drawing more and, and drawing at all times of night when she's watching the babies as well. And like, it's, it's not just a hobby and she's like kind of littering the nursery with art, which her family never notices, which I also thought was kind of strange. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Also, I have I have a funny haha, and then I also have like a a very kind of my opinion. Anyway, um, okay. but the funny haha thing is this: one hundred million percent, um, these parents would have had CPS called on them because, like, oh yeah, there is no there's no way that you forget your kids or quote unquote to the governor at least that you like forget the kids and then they go to the house and then the kids are not there and there's absolutely no way that a state service is not on the way to like abduct you or like <laughs> you guys are you guys are getting kicked out of the governor's ball because where are your kids right <laughs> anyway as don knots comes in and is the governor which also made me happy but anyway so my uh my not so funny moment is that i think that this is a movie about control because i am an only child and i understand wanting to be perfect for your parents and i understand the parents like investing so much time and and you're you're the you're it you know it's not like there are other kids or or other things that were like really taking a lot of their time the dad was in school so that took a lot of a lot of extra time but the mom was writing stories and some of those stories were about Jamie or Mm -hmm. or were featuring Jamie and so it it, there was a lot of time for the parents to care about what was going on in school and, and to come up with a plan and things like that. And I think that Jamie felt like she didn't have control over her own life. Um, and I understand that. And I think that that is how that manifested itself and that art is something that she could control. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think that's that. a, a great point because that's also like not just scholastically where a lot of people, um, you know, put art and science on opposite ends of the spectrum. But art is something that the artist does. Like, math and science is, is fact. Yes, you can discover new things, but it's within a, a sphere. Um, and then art is do whatever you want. So when the teacher is, like you said, trying to get her to, like, try something new, he's like, pick up a pencil, pick up a piece of chalk, pick up crayons. Like, there's so many mediums and so many things to do that she, I think, is overwhelmed probably by by the new possibilities, um, which mm-hmm. is also, like, great and can be very jarring when you're that young. Well, it can be jarring at any age, but especially when you see that her life had been very structured until then. Yeah, when she did, when she had less options, and and I do I do think that it was it was probably something where not only did she have kind of creative control, but then she, you know, she had control over her schedule and she had control over a lot of different aspects. Something that she didn't have control over and continued to not and and didn't have an opportunity to really practice either was her emotions. So I wasn't necessarily really concerned or it, it didn't like annoy me when I saw all of the outbursts because I totally like I've been there you know and I understand Mm -hmm. 
how what she was feeling because she went from being the center of attention to then feeling that like nobody cares right when she wanted people to care like maybe a little less or like maybe care a little bit differently and then all of a sudden nobody cares and then all of a sudden she's trying to get them to care about the things she wants to care about which i mean my mom didn't have five kids afterwards but like you know <laughs> it, it changes as as you grow up yeah. um funny note i distinctly remember my mom watching this movie with me and at the very end when it says she's expecting septuplets my mom was like oh my god <laughs> like it was like an audible reaction that my mom was horrified rightfully that, so first of all this movie in general yeah. probably because she was like what would i do if i had five kids and then she thought she like fell for the seven kids at the end yeah and it was very funny yeah. <laughs> going from one to six is a lot but then going from six to 13 uh. <laughs> Ooh, terrifying <laughs> all at once right it's not like a dugger situation where you get one right. at a time like it's yeah. like a anyway so so i think i like this movie i don't love this movie um i did cry in the middle of it because oh. when i kind of realized what was kind of happening emotionally i was like oh i kind of like I kind of resonate with this um, a little bit. Uh, the Clarissus explains it all trope. Take it or leave it. It was very 2000s. Yes. We didn't even talk about fashion. There was nothing of note for the fashion for me, except that it was very 2000s. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I, I think we've said a lot about 2000s fashion, and, and this was 2000s specifically on a 14-year-old. She was very tastefully dressed. Um, I think she was wearing overalls a lot of time. Yeah, and there was like a uh, lot of hoodies and you like soft overlays and things like that but nothing to scream one trend or another right which you know would have been what i would have been wearing Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. um less so now with the kids on tiktok but anyway (laughs) very jealous (laughs) so uh yeah they have like makeup and perfect skin and anyway whatever right they skipped that um, whole awkward phase i'm not sure i'm about it (laughs) so yeah so that's that's it for me um that's what I think. So, like, I'm glad that I watched it again. I, w- I won't watch it again. <laughs> unless, like, an, a niece or, or something like that wants to watch it. But I probably won't watch it again myself. Yeah. I think that's fair. I had a similar reaction in that in the, in the before I said I didn't remember loving it. I still don't. I think for me, like, it was a good, a good story. Um, and I agree it was very 2000s. And I think that actually made me appreciate it more as, like, a time capsule. I think at the time... I didn't love the story, and now that I'm older, still don't love the story, but I like, I looking back, I could be like, okay, I, I probably would have identified with this, or I wouldn't have liked that. Like you said, the Clarissa Explains It All thing got really old, and I feel like even young me probably didn't love the trope after a while, um, but now I just kind of see it as like, like I said, a time capsule. So now I'm like, okay, this is, this is entertaining. I can see why I didn't love it, but now I appreciate it as like a solid look at the 2000s. It is a slice of life movie. Nothing major happens. It minus, you know, the fact that there are five babies, but you know, people do have families like this. It's not like suddenly someone gets superpowers. It's there's a new addition to the family and you have to deal with it one way or another. I love that. I love what you just said. Slice of life movie. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Mm. And um, I do agree that the the background characters or the best friends didn't get as much love as they should have. Like you said, Ben or, Brad was really going through it and obviously like as much as we like the actor and we appreciate the character we can't remember his name we keep calling him different names <laughs> like clearly he didn't make too much of an impact but he was in the background as the scholastically gifted friend with negligent parents so like whenever Jamie's upset he's just like you could have mine 
it's not going to change anything. You're either going to do it because you love it or you're just going to do it for your parents. And I think at one point he even says, where would I be if I did anything for my parents? He does it for himself because he wants to succeed. And I think that's also an important point, even when you're young or especially when you're young, because you don't necessarily think of it as anything you do is for your family or for your parents' approval or disapproval, depending on your mood. And the fact that this other kid is straight up being like, I don't do anything for anybody but me. And it's not like in a selfish I only live for myself and you better deal with it kind of way. It's just like your successes are your own and you can you can take them or leave them. I thought it was right. like a really important thing to say, but it kind of got brushed aside because it's by a character that we don't examine very much, which is a bummer. And then I liked Zoe, um, but like you said, she's a very basic side character, which is kind of a shame because um, she was such a good lead in Color of Friendship. And then another character we didn't really talk about was the teacher, Mr. Blackmere. Um, I was a little nervous that he was going to lean creepy now that we were older. Be like, ooh, that's not appropriate. But actually, I liked him a lot. I do. Th- I loved him. Yeah, I do think, yes, he was invested in Jamie, um, but she's the protagonist of the movie, so what can you do? Um mm-hmm. But he actually reminded me of, Chris, maybe you'll remember him, one of our high school art teachers, Mr. Calabrese. Chris doesn't remember school. This is true. Um, I remember <laughs> I, I remember another art teacher. I don't remember him. Okay. Well, Mr. Calories is, um, I mean, he's still a young, young guy, but he was a young teacher that taught high school art, and I took him for a couple of electives, and even though I, uh, if I haven't said it before, I work or I'm interested in the fashion industry, I've, I think I've mentioned that I sew. When the world is open, my job is to work with fashion and costumes. I, However, I'm not artfully gifted like I can't draw I'm not skilled in any one like art form and I took some art classes before I went to college in high school because I wanted to learn more I knew that that was where I wanted to go I was very lucky that like I knew what job I wanted but I knew I lacked the art skills to get there so I took some electives with him and I really enjoyed it he was very passionate about the art form and finding out what you wanted to do because once he found out that I was interested in fashion he actually went above and beyond and started giving me croaky draw figures and he was like hey which if if you're not in the fashion industry it's basically the a mannequin drawing um that you figure out how the body moves and stuff like that and people use them as um you know, artist hangers, essentially. You draw clothing on them to see how that works and you you try to make it as realistic as possible. And he would specifically, like, I'd have the class assignment, but then he'd pull me aside and be like, if this is what you're into, like, I would like you to draw five croquis for me before next week. And he, like, put specific emphasis on what he knew I was interested in and even though again I'm still not great at art he's one of the first teachers to ever do that in my entire school career and I've gone through college a couple times at this point I'm working on another degree as we (laughs) speak and no one's given me that kind of specific goal to work toward personalized goal that's what I mean and I thought that was very cool to see a teacher do that in a way that as an adult I approved seeing on screen like when you're young Kids and adult roles are kind of fudge because you're like, oh, and a responsible adult wouldn't do that. And I felt like Mr. Blackmere hit the nail on the head where he showed interest in a way that moved the story along, but he never like crossed any weird line that a reasonable adult would not cross. Even like him driving them, was it weird? Yes. 
But when you think back to the fact that there were no cell phones and he would have been the responsible adult to see this interaction happen and he would be the one making sure that they don't get into like a taxi cab of death or something like that. <laughs> like, like I think that was the most responsible thing. And I, I got to say, I loved him. I had a couple of teachers like that as well. Nothing as specific as you, but just people who like recognized me for who I was and, and encouraged my learning and, and things like that. And teachers are incredible. Right. Like I, I don't oh, know sure. how they do what they do for so little pay. Um, and I think that this, like this movie, I remember this movie making me be like, Oh, I should take art classes with art <laughs> classes at, at our high school were, it wasn't cool to take art. Um, I don't know what they were or weren't because I took them in middle school because you had to. And then after that, it wasn't cool anymore. And I was doing band and, and dance and other things. So um, art wasn't one of them. Also, I was not good. Um, <laughs> and I'm still not good. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's just this was a, a great representation of an adult um, and agreed. A lot of times the adults are really weird, especially um, Nickelodeon adults were always really <laughs> weird. Oh, God, yes. Um, in my opinion. Anyway. Well, we did have the creepy comic book person that we tore apart in under wraps. So <laughs> Disney true. has some hit or misses too, but this was a good, this was a good hit. <laughs> I will say like I had higher thoughts about this movie before watching it than I do now. Um, I do still enjoy it. I think it's a good movie about parental expectations and kind of finding yourself in your own inv- individuality and kind of what you want to do in life. I think they did it well with, I almost said Marnie, uh, Jamie. (laughs) I think they did it pretty well with like, even though she was kind of forced into art by her her friends and the teacher, she did find art as a way to express herself and kind of find her niche and kind of what makes her feel good in her crazy world. And I think they told a nice story with the Quince as well and finding individuality in your children because you saw the parents saw them all as one whole collective and Jamie really put it out there being like, no, you got to see them as five different kids. They're all their own child. And, uh, at the end of the day, the parents saw that in their five children and Jamie as well, their sixth child. Uh, so I thought that told a nice story, but overall there was a lot of annoying parts. Like the gags were kind of annoying. Jamie's character was kind of annoying. And some of the background characters were pretty under undeveloped. Yeah. But yeah, I did like yeah, the whole the whole thing with Jamie trying to tell her parents to think of them as five individual kids. Also, I thought was a really good like the scene where she mixes them up. I thought mm-hmm. that was like really well done and pretty poignant mm. because there's a lot to unpack there as both parents yeah. and child. And also, fun fact, I don't know if you know this Dakota or maybe you're the one that showed me. Like we said, Kami, uh, Kami, Kimberly J. Brown <laughs> has a TikTok <laughs> and she's <laughs> precious, but um, she actually did a TikTok about Quince recently because- I must have sent it to you because I was going to mention it. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but it was really funny because she's like, someone recently pointed out to me that Quince is 20 years old. And I was like, that can't be true. And then I remembered my brother is 21 and he played baby Eddie. So her real life brother was in the movie and that's adorable. Yeah, I don't, I can't remember if she said Charlie or Eddie, but yes, absolutely. And I'm looking at the movie poster right now and it came out on Friday, August 18th, 2000. Oh my goodness. So Uh, almost exactly 20 years old. Yeah. Just, just a month ago. Yeah. Do you think her brother has a SAG card? 
<laughs> Good. Well, you need to have a speaking role to get a SAG card. Does crying constitute? Oh, mm. maybe. Words. It's an audible sound. <laughs> if if you don't know other words because you're a baby and you cry, is that? <laughs> I don't know. Asking, just asking. Try it. Try crying on command. <laughs> well. <laughs> but we know words so like i don't know if that would i don't know i don't know where that comes what if is. i'm playing a baby <laughs> <laughs> then there's probably some issues here <laughs> okay so quince ranks on our 50 fem- the feminist uh decoms which we know does not have all the decoms because it didn't have one of our most recent ones um, so this one, it ranks at number 40 um, out of 50. So pretty pretty low, um, mm-hmm. right? So it goes 50 to 1. So this is 40. Uh, it says, rewatching this movie now, we find ourselves identifying with the parents instead of with <laughs> protagonist Jamie. We didn't say that at all, but okay. <laughs> uh, as two people who frequently have pregnancy stress dreams, having quintuplets sounds like a nightmare. We're honestly just happy to see the husband rising to the challenge as a caregiver without any jokes about how men are incompetent at raising kids. That's true. True. That's very true. true. Honestly, Jamie, who is upset that her five new siblings have taken the attention away from her, needs to get over herself. Imagine Ooh. how much money her parents are spending on diapers and strollers. That's a little harsh. She is 14. That's rude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she offers to help as, as much as a 14-year-old who's going to school can. Yeah, she offered yeah. to babysit. Right. I mean, she, she's not a babysitter. And, and the, the parents do a really good job of saying that, like, you need to live your own life, too. Yeah, this isn't And I, I totally agree. I totally agree about the dad, though. And we, we didn't mention anything about that. But he and he was really focused on the money and the budget. But it was not like, oh, that's woman's work. You know, yeah. he was he was right there, too. So, yeah, that's a really great point. Aaron, any final thoughts or opinions before we rank it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go first because I don't want anyone to take my ranking <laughs> thing. Although Aaron tried to a minute ago. Um, I'm going to give this. Uh, OK, rank it among itself like rank it with what it did for me um uh okay we're gonna go six i think yeah Mm -hmm. um six out of ten hippie teacher van (laughs) (laughs) i like it i'm gonna do something similar because i was thinking six or or seven and i don't know which but i think my my gut is telling me six because, I, again, I did like it better than I thought I was going to, but nothing about it is making me want to, like, revisit it. I think it's, a for the thousandth time, a good time capsule, and I've seen it, and I'm good. Jamie's adorable. I like the family life. I like the things that you said about the, the article um, and, and the father not being any sort of toxic masculine figurehead. Um, that was really wonderful now that I think about it. But, yeah, it just it just didn't do it for me. Uh, I'm going to say six... Giant diaper outfits. Okay. Oh, good one. Um, I'll go. Yeah, similar to both of what you said. Um, I thought highly, more highly of this movie beforehand. I don't, nothing really stood out really afterwards, except for like the whole individuality storyline. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. And because I'm very unclever today, I'm just going to say babies. <laughs> Septuplets. <laughs> Got it. There we go. <laughs> This movie, it wasn't bad, but it was probably the most, like, middle-of-the-road movie I think we've seen. That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to give it five 
out of 10 Clarissa explains it all type <laughs> pranks. Nice. A dig. Okay. Uh, so that is 24? Yep. So it gets a, a, an average of six. We did it. Ooh. Yeah. Six and six and five and seven make six, so. Yeah. I... That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Math. Easy math today. We did it. So we've learned today. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's pretty fair. It was mm-hmm. sl- slightly above average, for, or at least not not unenjoyable uh, yeah. <laughs> for, for all of us, Good, I think. Good, not great. Yeah. 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 All right. So that's, that's our uh, wrap up on Quince. So join us in two weeks. So we're going to do a super fun wrap-up episode. These are some of my favorites. I hope that you guys enjoy those as well, which we've only done one. But anyway, so I, I think this is this is one of my favorite things to do because it helps me kind of – because I'm always wanting to rank them among them, each other as well. I know. You well. always want yeah. to change the ranking, and you can't. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so I'm excited by this, and, and I'm thinking that we'll probably rank it – you know, this set of 10 and then, and then probably like all 20 so far. I can't believe we've already made it to our 20th episode. You guys, that's That's so exciting. Uh, That's exciting. All right. So join us in two weeks. Uh, We're going to do a wrap up for you guys and then we will uh, be back with the other me. Bye. Bye. Bye.